Behold, a podcast for the ages, recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Roughhouse Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their warhammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task, complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Roughhouse Podcast with Marty and Christoph. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Roughhouse Podcast, episode number 353 for recording date January 7, 2024. First one of a new year. I am Marty. I'm Chris Toff. Am I still doing that? I don't know. I haven't decided. We'll play it by ear. <laughs> New Year, same us. Uh, as Look, we- man, what did you expect was going to change after two weeks off? Aside from me waking up on a Sunday morning and going, oh, I don't have to do a podcast. And then just <laughs> sitting down and enjoying a movie. Um, but here we are. Here we are. Right back at it. Yeah. New Year. Lots of stuff has happened. Uh, we we uh, go into it with Justin on the Patreon exclusive. Uh, so we got a new Schlegel soapbox. So uh, if you want to check that out, please join the Patreon. Throw some bucks our way and you can check that out. We also make 2024 pr- predictions. Easy <laughs> to and uh, sure there do. ones in there. Um, so uh, it's definitely worth checking out. But uh, I also need to take a moment, Chris, to throw out a plug myself. Oh, yes, uh, please. Yes. Uh, Friday night, January 26th. Saturday night, January 27th. Super Art Fight versus Flying V Fights. Round two. Two days of shows. Art Fight Show Night 1. Pro Wrestling Show Night 2. It's a full weekend of action. If you are a, a, a person who enjoys the Rough House podcast, if you're a person who enjoys professional wrestling, if you're a person who enjoys comics and other nerdy shit, or you just want to have a really fun time, Silver Spring, Maryland, Silver Spring Black Black Box Theater, by all means, would love to see you come out. Superartfight.com for tickets, details, all that fun stuff. Uh, we're, we're putting our peanut butter and our chocolate once again, and it should be a really, really fun time. Uh, that is Friday the 26th, Saturday the 27th of this month. Uh, would love to see Rough House listeners there. It'd be very, very cool. Yeah, absolutely. Highly recommend. <laughs> As Chris recommends the show, he has never seen. Though, though, to be fair, I don't think I've ever been to one of your trivia games. So, you know. Yes, yes, yes. Who will be the first uh, to, to attend each other's gigs? Well, only time will tell. Yes, we will find out. And you know what? We'll find out together when we record on the 28th whether or not Chris was actually there. But anyway, little do you know, I've been to 15 art fight shows, but I just stay in the back and stay very quiet. It's a fantastic event. Well, folks, it's a new year and a lot has happened. We've got a lot to get into. We've got the World's End pay-per-view. We've got Wrestle Kingdom. But hey, let's go ahead and jump into a new year from this company. The World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force. All right. So Kevin Dunn is done. Uh, Peace. News broke during uh, the World's End pay-per-view. Coincidentally. (laughs) that kevin dunn was leaving wwe as last week was the week of christmas so brand new year brand new uh person in head of the video truck sounds like they were basically just moving people up who have been there for some time but makes sense kevin dunn has been 
basically if you're a pro wrestling fan and you know enough that you're listening to this podcast right now, right. Uh, he is synonymous with WWE leadership for good or for ill. This mm-hmm. guy has been a guiding force on what's been on WWE programming for the past 30 plus years. Maybe not creatively as much, but at least in terms of how you see it. Yes. In terms of the presentation, uh, very polarizing guy. Uh, if you want to have a laugh, look up, uh, who was it? It was, uh, Jim Cornette and Paul bearer who, uh, absolutely motherfucked, uh, Kevin Dunn on a, on a shoot together. Apparently, uh, Percy Pringle, Paul bearer, mm-hmm. whatever you wish to call him. He was being groomed to take over from Kevin Dunn in the truck. As wow. So that would have been in what the nineties. Yes. And Kevin Dunn motherfucked him out of that job. Yeah, sounds about right. So, uh, so they they have in, I don't know who filmed the shoot, but in their shoot, they just absolutely whirlwind dunk on this guy. Uh, I think, unfortunately, there's probably more nightmare stories about Kevin Dunn than anything positive that I can think of. Yeah, I never heard of him winning Humanitarian of the Year or anything like that. No, no. And uh, it was always, I, I don't know if this is actually true or if it's just one of those urban legends. The, the reason why he had the job for life that he did was there were a bunch of WWE master tapes in a car that caught fire and he went into the car and got them. And because he did that, Vince always felt indebted to him. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of an employer I would do that for and kind of, and, and coming up short. <laughs> yeah, I got, like, oh, sorry about your loss. Can't think of many myself. Uh, but WWE, we're heading toward the rumble. Uh, we we've got people proclaiming every single week that they're going to be in the rumble here. Can I just proclaim myself for the rumble? Is that how it works? You just grab a microphone and say, I'm declaring myself for the Royal rumble. If you can make your way to raw on Monday and grab a Hmm. microphone and say you're in the rumble. I think that's how it works. You just gotta, you just gotta be there and say it. Just gotta figure out what wireless frequency they're using and bring my own mic. And then, uh, there we go. Yeah. You, You can go full, uh, Black Scorpion in WCW and just have a weird voiceover that no one knows where it's coming from. And yeah. ultimately, you get to be Ole Anderson. So that would be pretty cool. Yeah. And nobody will recognize my voice because nobody fucking listens to the show. So it's perfect. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? Depending on the arena, if they're in they're <laughs> the chicken box, somebody going like, is that the guy who did all those ads on 98 Row? <laughs> <laughs> they're definitely not in the chicken box. And definitely nobody would remember me. But <laughs> returning to WWE this week was Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Uh, the, oh, that's the big return. I thought you were going to talk about the AOP first, leading oh, off with and Precious Paul Ellering. We'll get there. We'll okay. get there. Uh, so Raw was day one Raw uh, because it was on January 1st. They decided to do a whole theme week of shows because it was day one Raw. It was New Year's Evil on NXT, and mm-hmm. it was – uh, New Year's Revolution on uh, SmackDown on Friday. So yeah, but New Year's Evil would have been on January 2 then, right? Yes. It's, so it's not, not New Year's Eve. It's not, a, it's not a perfect science, but they just had they had a theme throughout all the shows. It's a bit of a stretch, my guys. Look, it's professional wrestling. We're lucky that they figured out how to theme an entire week. Uh, anyway... They promoted that a former WWE champion was going to be at the show. Oh, the internet loved this. Yes. 
There was a lot of scuttlebutt that it might be Mercedes Monet, Sasha mm-hmm. Banks, whatever you like to call her, officially returning to the fold. Apparently, they're far away on money. She wants Charlotte Flair level money, and they don't want to give her Charlotte Flair money. Why the fuck not? I don't know. Maybe because she left the way she did. Uh, coincidentally, apparently, Naomi on her way back to WWE. <laughs> okay. Impact for almost a year. She's lost zero times and apparently just going to head right back to WWE. And lose and have the exact opposite record. Yes. Okay. Probably so. Cool. Uh, but the former WWE champion turned out to be Jinder Mahal as he was in the ring proclaiming himself the surprise. And uh, as he went on a tirade, whirlwind dunking on America, the music hit. Would have thought the Beatles had reunited as Dwayne The Rock Johnson shows up for Monday Night Raw. Can I get on my soapbox for a second? By all means. That's why we do this show, Chris. I've been on record about this topic for many times. There was a video on the WWE socials going around of the reaction of Samantha Irvin to this return of Dwayne. And people are acting like it's the most insane fucking thing ever. She's sitting there. There's literally a camera in her fucking face. She's acting, you dumb fucks. This is not a natural reaction. Sure, she may not have known who was coming out, but it's this not just a, a you know a spy cam out the corner trying to see somebody's natural reaction. She's sitting there with a WWE camera in her fucking face. So it's fucking wrestling. It's, it's acting. It's, it's acting. It's, it's, it's stupid pro wrestling. And I know I dunk on her a lot because I can't stand the way she does ring introductions. I still fucking think it's cringe and really bad. But this whole thing is everybody saying she's the greatest fucking thing ever. No, yeah. no, stop it. Stop it. Well, how much of that was genuine? Like not, not her response, but like the response online, because as we saw uh, during our holiday break, there was definitely something that WWE posted that they deleted, but you could see all the comments and it was like the same response and yeah. it had nothing to do with what was originally posted. Right. Yeah. The bots, the, like the, 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 the bots bots. strong. Yeah. Um, so, you know, how real any of that response is, uh, who's to say, but yes, Dwayne returned. And uh, after standing up for the rights of America, continuing his 20 plus year run of being a guy who went from being the people's champion to being extremely patriotic to the point that if rumors to be believed, he was one of the first people to know that Osama bin Laden was killed. I still don't know why that was a thing. Wait, that's a rumor. Oh, yeah. He tweeted the night that it got announced. I forget the exact turn of phrase, but something like I just I just got word about something very, very exciting. God bless America. Everyone's going to be really, really excited for this. And <laughs> so Obama's in the situation room. Yeah. Just fucking t- texting uh, Dwayne. Hey, hey, Big D, uh, turn on CNN in five. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, get the fuck I, out of here. I don't know why he was someone who knew, but apparently he was. Um, oh, my God. So uh, stupid. After failing to change the balance of power in the DC universe, the- <laughs> and needing a self-esteem boost after motherfucking everybody and getting motherfucked by everybody in Hollywood. Yes. 
He made his way to a Raw. He uh, beat the shit out of the aforementioned Jinder Mahal, including a very awkward people's elbow. I don't know if you saw that, Chris. I didn't. What I did see was him cutting a promo where he was extremely blown up. So was the promo after the people's elbow then? It was. Okay. And I, I get it. Dude's not in ring shape. Also, dude is 50 plus years old. And also, we're us in our basements. Yeah, we're us. Like, I would be blown up. I'm, I'm not sure. going to say I'm not. I'm but, blown up walking downstairs. <laughs> but uh, it wasn't the uh, most shining endorsement of someone possibly working a match in the next two to three months. Um, he decided to then cut a promo talking about how, oh, you know what? Uh, I, after this, I'm going to go to dinner. Uh, and where do you think I should sit? When I go to dinner, maybe I can sit in a booth. private room. Maybe I can sit in the front. Maybe I can sit in the back. Oh no. I think I'm going to sit at the head of the table. Uh huh. Wink, 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 wink. Yeah. Wink, wink. We get it. Yeah. Um, so it looks like Roman and rock is an eventual direction. Is it going to be for mania? Is it going to be for one of the other international shows? hard to say my gut says mania but i have seen some people and have heard some folks uh including our justin schlegel make a a very strong argument for oh maybe it's the the elimination chamber show that's in i think australia and they got france like maybe it's one of those that they're gonna bring Dwayne international Um, it'd be hilarious if it happens in saudi arabia I wouldn't be shocked at this point. They uh, love Black Adam over there. <laughs> they do. They do. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see where that leads. Uh, it was addressed briefly with Roman Reigns' return to SmackDown on Friday night, and uh-huh. he laughed it off, which tells you that, yes, they're absolutely building to a match. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but before he uh, goes one-on-one with Dwayne Rock Johnson, Roman Reigns will be defending his uh, world title in a fatal four way at the Royal Rumble, as it will be him versus AJ Styles versus Randy Orton versus LA Knight. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it should be a, a fine match. You have four guys who are super over, um, and mm-hmm. two of those guys are absolutely yoked right now, having been out of the ring for a few months. A little uh, gassed up there. You know, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Um, so LA Knight's eating the pit at the Royal Rumble. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I assume it's going to be him too. After a rock bottom, <laughs> yes, yeah. Superman punch into rock bottom. Yes, because he's sending a message to his cousin Dwayne. Because <laughs> it's super serious. Elsewhere in WWE this week, in terms of big returns, uh, well, here's here's a little return, uh, both literally and figuratively. Tyler Bate. Do you oh, have- yeah, Tyler Bate. I forgot he still was alive and was uh, employed by WWE. Yes, uh, he uh, showed up on SmackDown Friday night as the mystery partner of Butch, uh, the former Pete Dunn. Oh, yeah, British Strong Style, keeping it together here. And at, it was at that point that I thought back to the finals of the WWE UK tournament and remembered that it was seven years ago i saw somebody point out that tyler Bate has been 
signed to WWE but not on main roster longer than WCW was in existence. Yes. Which is fucking insane. Yeah. It's nuts. I mean, hey, man, make your money. You know, cool. I'm sure he's doing okay. Strong boy's going to be just fine. He's aged like hell, but big strong boy's going to be just fine. Brother, who hasn't? Yeah, fair. Um, But uh, he's officially called up to the SmackDown roster. uh, And... You know, we'll we'll see how that plays out for him. Uh, Logan Paul made his way back on WWE television as his oh. versus Kevin Owens for the U.S. title at the Rumble. Okay. Uh, there was a, a confrontation between the two of them, and uh, Kevin leaned in on his punch as uh, Logan Paul posted a very, very strong shiner uh, on social nice. media on Saturday. So I thought he was going to run back the spot where, you know, because they're similar in shape and size where he just power bombs them off the stage. Like he did machine gun Kelly back in the day. You know what? If they want to power bomb Logan Paul off a stage at the rumble, I'm there. I'm, I'm all for this. Actually, I won't be able to watch the rumble live because we're doing a show opposite the rumble. (laughs) Anyway, also returning this week to WWE is a group that I'm just going to call Paul's special projects. And it works two <laughs> ways because uh, it is Karrion Cross. It is Scarlet who now is a brunette. She's Scarlet. She's been blonde and brunette. And, <laughs> and most crucially, the return of Paul Ellerine and the methods of mayhem Tonka and Razor. Yeah, man. All coming back, uh, you know, with a can of TGRIUs. Yeah. Uh, They've been under contract for a year. Have they? Yes. They've been under contract for a year and now they've been re-debutted. So they were getting paid to do nothing for a year? A year. Yes. They were Brother. looking they were waiting for the right moment and the right story and I take all my shit back. I take right it back. That's 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 the life right there. Getting to paid to do nothing? Oh yeah. I mean Think about how many people though in AEW are like, I'm not on TV every week. I have to sit at home and get paid the most I've ever been paid in right. professional wrestling. Man, what a life. Yeah, not what not a time any, to be alive. Not anything to be too mad about. But yeah, uh, we've got ourselves this new faction. Uh, that is for justice, please at another faction showing up in uh, yeah. pro wrestling. No name yet for them. Uh, but like I said, Paul special projects is where I'm, yeah. I'm going to give them a name for right now. Uh, three wrestlers, two managers. So, yeah. Not sh- and Scarlet doesn't wrestle in WWE. Has she uh, ever? Rarely. If okay. ever. I feel like maybe she did a match in NXT and I feel like she did maybe a match or two on main roster. Hmm. Don't quote me because that's not, Anywhere near anything I would make time to try to watch. Um, yeah. yeah uh, so we'll, we'll see how that plays out. I get to uh, transition from this to something that I found interesting. Another faction, as you pointed out, I've heard this week and maybe it's true. Maybe it's not, you know, who wa- regularly watched and was a very, very big fan of AEW from the time it started. Uh, aside from us? No, I don't know. Ooh. Paul Levesque. Apparently, he really liked it and would watch it every week and would enjoy it. Who's That's, the source on this, Steph? I don't know who the original source is, but this was going through the IWC and Twitter sphere and all that. And considering 
since he took over the book, we've had matches for matches sake. We've had focus on titles. We've had a shit ton of new groups formed. I mean, his first thing was putting together damage control. Right. So it certainly lines up. Oh, and you know, Cody being pushed as a top guy. (laughs) It lines up. And it also lines up with what had always been said that, you know, triple H was a big fan of pro wrestling uh, to the point that he basically was, was cosplaying as, you know, eighties NWA champions when he Mm -hmm. was champion. So just Hmm. something to think about when you watch WWE television. Now, Uh, of course you don't watch WWE television. I do not. But just something to think about for, for those in the listening audience, when you do watch it, just, kind of a fun thing to think about it's interesting i don't know if i were in his position whether or not i would watch aew because one you know you kind of want to be abreast of what competition whether or not they're officially competition or not is moot at this point they're an alternative uh do i want to see what they're doing uh you know it's it's two two, uh, double-sided uh sword here because you know you want to be informed, but you also don't want to copy and then be called out for copying. So, you know, and if you're ahead of creative things sink into your mind, you know, you may subconsciously think, Oh, no, no, this, this would be cool to do. Not realizing that you saw it two months ago in AEW. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, it's the same sort of logic that, and I don't know if you've ever seen experience or heard about this where, you know, when an author is doing a book signing or an actor is doing a signing at like, you know, a comic con or something and someone goes, I have this script. Can you take a look at it? And their response is no, I can't. Yeah. Because they don't want to accidentally do something with those yeah. ideas and get yeah. sued into oblivion. Right. Yeah. I mean, tougher, tougher to sue in, uh, in the world of uh, pro wrestling, but right. Um, gimmicks and, and uh, storylines have been, you know, tread over and redone oh, multiple, yeah, there's, multiple, there's multiple, 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 multiple times sun, for sure. Uh, but you know, just something fun to think about. And I do wonder this past Thursday night, we know Tony Khan was watching was Paul watching this company. <laughs> New Japan Pro Wrestling kicking off another year as they are wont to do with their big January 4th show at the Tokyo Dome. Roughly 30,000 fans in attendance, considering the relative cold temperature of the card. Yeah. uh, That should be looked at as an absolute win. Uh, Another marathon of a show. And I don't think, yeah, neither one of us watched the entire thing. Uh, no, I only watched the final. Well, not even the final two. I watched <laughs> the, the triple threat with uh, Mox, Finley, and uh, Osprey, and also Okada Danielson. Well, every single title changed hands on this show. You know what? You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, just going to run through some of the results. Um, so we have new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Champions as Catch 2-2. Of Francisco Akira and TJP won their belts back from the Bullet Club War Dogs of Clark Connors and Drilla Maloney. I actually watched this match. Um, okay. Just because I was going to try to watch the show in totality after watching the matches I really wanted to see. I was like, foolish oh, mortal. I'll try to watch the whole thing. Uh, what I can say is one, Clark Connors and Drilla Maloney have the tiniest pants in professional wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Okay. Really had me questioning some things about myself. Okay. Um, Smuggling some yams overseas here. Yeah. It might be because it was all white gear that they were wearing. Yeah. 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 It was just like, wow, those are, those are small pants. Uh, But TJP. Oh, this new mask. Yeah. Well, it's not just a mask. So on the 21st of December, they, these teams went against each other in a coffin match. Okay. Uh, And TJP was the one who went into the coffin. So he rose from the grave as the Aswang, which is a a cryptid of Filipino. Uh So he had like, you know, this weird, like finger glove on, and he had this almost bat looking mask on. He did, you know, a mist spray and, and all of that. And you will probably not be surprised considering who was behind all of that costuming. This may have been the most boring great mood alike I've ever seen. <laughs> there was there was no there there. Yeah. Um I mean, you had three quarters of this match who are very good, Cloners, uh Maloney and uh Francisco Akira, all very good. But TJP was just like, I'm gonna slow it down and be spooky, and Ugh. it did nothing for me. Um, we have a new New Japan World TV champion as the new president of New <laughs> Japan Pro Wrestling. I don't think we got to talk about this at all. Nope. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi beat Zack Sabre Jr. I don't know if it's the best look that the first show under you, you're giving yourself a belt, but that's neither here nor there. That's the business, brother. Um, you know, <laughs> got that you, pencil, give, dude. <laughs> you give me the keys to the company. I'm, I'm strapping myself up. Um, was it me or did Tana look like, um, one of those, uh, model guys from WWE with his gear? Oh, oh, the, uh, uh, what's it? Uh, Monsoir and Masse. Yeah, he, sure. Yeah. Yeah. With, with the arm things and like the wild print. I was like, all right, all right, I, man. I could see that. Uh, but yeah, uh, all indications are that was very good. Uh, they ended up adding a match for, Two of the notable uh, young younger lions, I guess, is the way to put it, because they're not young lions anymore. Uh-huh. Uh, Yuya Yamura and Yoda Suji had a one on one match. Um, Suji ended up losing. Uh, Yamura getting a pretty big win at the Tokyo Dome here. Okay. Uh, the House of Torture defeated Kaito Kiyomiya and Shota Omino, and it was a House of Torture match, which is all you really need to know. Uh, they Pass. they started by. Uh, tearing up a pro wrestling Noah shirt in the face of Kiyomiya because mm-hmm. that's his home, uh, his promotion. home promotion. Uh, but then it was, you know, just people running in and all the dumb bullshit that you uh, are accustomed to with the house Dick of- to go choking people. Yes. Uh, Ren Narita getting the pin on Amino as again, this new generation of new Japan guys continues to scrap in an announcement that I'm sure will absolutely break Chris's heart. When I say it out loud, Tama Tonga defeated Shingo Takagi for the never open weight championship. Yeah. Don't care for that. And also shocked because Tama Tonga then announced that he's finishing up with new Japan. Yeah. His contract's up at the end of January. And I, so why the fuck give him a title? Yeah. Very weird. Uh, beyond it being sort of a, a gold watch run, um, I don't really understand like a 20 time tag title holder or something. So, I mean, it's not like he's never held gold before. Yeah. <laughs> Weird choice, but, uh, you know what? Shingo's got bigger things going on now. So yeah, that's true. Then, uh, Nick Nemeth, the former Dolph Ziggler and Ryan Nemeth 
appeared and they popped up uh, to the VIP section to watch the rest of the show. Uh, I thought that was like their press box is VIP. Uh, VIP is, is how it was described. Okay. Um, I assume that Ryan Nemeth is there to lose matches on whatever tour Dolph's on. Yeah. Like I, I figured that's the whole purpose. He will, be, he will be, uh, Nick Nemeth, Dolph Ziggler, whatever you want to call him. Nemeth, Ryan Nemeth will be his personal bushy. He will yes. all the yeah. He will wrestle in a t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> he will do all the things. It's like, Hey, uh, I, I watched the products. I brought my own bushy. Yeah. B- BYOB. It's when you go to New Japan. <laughs> uh, we have new IWGP and New Japan Strong tag team champions as the Gorillas of Destiny of El Fantasmo and Hikaleo defeated Bishimon of Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. So how did they become the Gorillas of Destiny? No. They, they joined out w- joined up with Tamatanga and Tongaloa when Tamatanga and Tongaloa went face. So in right, the, but Tongaloa has been gone for a while, right? Right, right. But I'm saying they joined that group, which was calling themselves the Gorillas of Destiny. Okay. So, I thought it was just like, I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter. I think it's weird, too. Uh, you're, you're not wrong, but that's that's the logic of it. It would be like, you know, um, um, uh, Finn Balor and Damian Priest calling themselves DX. Yeah. it's You it's, know, like it's an established name. I don't know. It's just weird. I mean, what... Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't there a period of time where DX was just the outlaws and X-Pac? Like it was just them because, you know, Hunter went total mega heel. And Probably, just- but at least they were a part like yeah. D- DX, you know, was a faction, not so much a tag. T- it was considered yeah. Gorillas of Destiny, a tag team. It was Tamatanga and Tangaloa, yeah. you know, and uh, I, I, I don't know. It was, it's just weird. Yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying. It's, it's the a tag t- team was like a sub portion of Bullet Club at the time when they were yeah. in there. Yeah. So that was the faction was Bullet Club, and then God were the tag team within. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's not important. El Desperado is your new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. Hell yeah! I almost checked this match out, and then I was like, ah, very good. Um, again, that's why I kind of wanted to run some of this back because I've heard most of the card was very good. Yeah, I mean, I like both those guys. So yeah. Uh, I just want to know what the fuck do you do with Hiromu now? Like what is he's done everything in the junior division. Yeah. Like there's nothing left. He's the only thing that I could think that would hold him back in terms of having to be a junior is he always said he wanted to prove that the junior division could main event a big show for new Japan. Like that was his stated goal. Not, Didn't he do that? not a best of super juniors, but like, right. I don't think they've actually done for one of the big shows. Like a Dominion or a Wrestle Kingdom. Right, right. Um, yeah, well, so, you're never going to, I mean, no offense, my guy, but yeah. <laughs> it's it's, they're just, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, I, I think having him graduate to heavyweight and be in the mix of, you know, this new Suji, Yamura, Amino, Narita, yeah. that group, I think that'd be of great use of him because- sure. Take a look at the main event scene. Guy who now has the belt, he ain't going to be champ for long. Like, right? This, yeah, this is the last run. I, mm-hmm. I'm pretty confident of, at the top, at least. Yeah, at the top. Um, so yeah, Hiromu and that could be uh, a smart move. Uh, for what got revealed is the IWGP Global Heavyweight Championship. David Finley, unsurprisingly, defeated Will Ospreay and John Moxley. Yeah, the two guys contracted AEW in 2024. <laughs> 
the cut uh sorry all three guys were part of the press conference the day before and during their promo osprey and john moxley literally said no one wants to see you in this match david finley so we're going to take you out and we're going to give you know the people what they want and that's what they did for the start of the match they actually lived up to their word how many uh how many bruvs were in uh osprey's promo oh man plus or minus 15 I, I think that needs to become something someone does. They will donate to charity every single time that we're every bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, David Finley won the belt. I thought the match was good. Uh, David it was fun. Yeah. Really inessential to it. Um, you know, there's he was this- just the shithead spoiler. Yeah. And okay. He won the belt and he got into a fight backstage. Uh, a scripted fight sure. backstage with Dolph Ziggler. So it looks like that's a direction. Uh, I don't know why, but that's the direction they're going to go in for this new belt. Um, key question here. Okay. John Moxley. Mm-hmm. Was he dressed up as the red hood? That's what I took from it. <laughs> um, I don't understand why. Yeah. It was a weird choice. It's not, it just doesn't seem to be in his character to be some comic book sort of cosplayer guy. Like I saw somebody, somebody posted a meme. Um, It was like a a retweet of the photo of Mox's entrance. And then they added the photo of Bush being told about nine 11. And it said, we lost another one to the Gargano uh, (laughs) contingent or something like that. And I was like, a little bit. Yeah. It kind of, I don't know. It, it, it didn't seem to work. I mean, it was a well put together get up. Sure. For, like if a regular cosplayer was wearing that at a comic con, I'd be like, Oh, they put some work into that. It but was for John Moxley. Yeah. Very, very odd. Um, unless, you know, it turns out he's a big comic nerd or, you know what? Eddie Kingston's just like, you know, telling him about how awesome red hood is. Cause I can see Eddie Kingston being a red hood guy. Yeah, probably. So, Anyway, Eddie Kingston, also the guy who posted uh, a photo with David Finley with the local man ruins everything uh, sort of thing. So big up to our mad king. Yes. Uh, Then we had the match that really was the the headliner for both of us. Yeah. Uh, Kazuchika Okada, Brian Danielson, round two at the Tokyo Dome. Danielson finally punching the card of getting a big time Tokyo Dome match. Complete with pyro. Apparently the first time he's ever had pyro in his career, which seems odd. That totally tracks though. Cause I think even when he won the belt at mania 30, it was, you know, just like ticker tape and, and all that, that they, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think back on his interests. It was never flashy. It was just him doing the yes chant down the aisle. So, yeah. um, this match was fucking great. It was, it was wow. really good. I was definitely someone who, go back, check the tape. The match at forbidden door was not what I wanted it to be at all. Yeah. Um, and at the time I definitely wonder was because Osprey Omega was incredible. Right. Therefore anything following it will be a less than this match should be like how much the match at forbidden door was not to their individual levels. Yeah. This was great. Simple story. Arm got broken in the first match. Mm-hmm. Then in that tag match in kayfabe, 
Yeah. Rocked the eye of Brian Danielson. Now Danielson wants to take out nine. He wants to take out an arm. Okada. You mean on, uh, well, on Okada. He wants yeah. to take out the, the eye and the arm of Okada. And yeah. Uh, he beat the piss out of Okada. Yeah. Well, they beat the piss out of each other. I yes. mean, Okada, you know, was laying in some of those strikes and kicks to the, to the face and, and, and shattered orbital bone that, uh, that Brian had, but yeah, Brian, Brian was laying in those kicks too. Yeah. And you kind of, you at a couple points, you kind of saw like the little, the little switch in Okada's face. Like, all right, motherfucker, here we go. Here we like, go. Do this. Okada is so fucking good. There was it's, an element of this that I thought was really interesting. And, I, and I, I think I noticed it because of what had happened this week. Watching Okada come to the ring at the Tokyo Dome, beyond the fact, you know, he's the final boss of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah. He's been established as, you know, a fucking king god of that promotion. Yeah. He has. Now, since there's the gravitas, there's the weight, and he, you know, goes into that. He'll move slower. He'll, you know, lean in. He'll take his moment to breathe in the crowd. He was giving me prime uh, The Rock vibes in his intro. Just the confidence, the poise, the, you know, being the world beater top guy. Well, he also had like a fucking Beyonce intro with like the... (laughs) The, the 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 UV activated um, jacket, which was fucking dope. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't know where it had come from until somebody posted a side by side with Beyonce doing the same sort of thing. I'm like, all right, King, go off. Let's go. Oh. But he is so good. And what I thought was really cool, and and it's sort of a, another example of what they were able to do at Wrestle Dream with uh, Danielson and, and ZSJ. They had. 30,000 people in the palm of their hand at the top oh, yeah. of the match for mat work. Yeah. Or grappling for dudes just trying to catch an advantage. I loved Okada's bit of, you know, he, he would sort lean of lean in like, come on, motherfucker, hit me. Want to go? You want to yeah. do yeah. that? You want to take that? You And I, I, I thought it was so good just the way he was egging him on. Yeah. Um, Danielson, you could tell, especially during his intro, legit choked up yeah like this was special for him and i'm glad it's something he got to have before winding down he's now saying you know five ten matches a year is what he's thinking moving forward right now this is his last year as a full-time wrestler right um it was great uh i think having okada win was the right move absolutely i guess the question is now when do you do the rubber match when do you do the rubber match because i would have thought that Danielson is going to go against either Nigel or ZSJ at Wembley. You really think Nigel's going to get cleared? He apparently was almost cleared last year. He showed he posted photos of gear he had made. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So I could see it. Sure. And I mean, Nigel just does fantastic work as a commentator when, even when Danielson's like his normal commentary is great, but his comment, it gets turned up to 11 whenever Danielson's on screen. Yes. He, he, you're, you're watching a, a master paint with the finest, uh, oils. in, in that instance, uh, there was just as a sidetrack of Nigel real quick. I, I was, as I was 
getting ready to record this morning, I was scrolling through Twitter and I saw somebody posted a clip from last night's collision. And Shivani was, you know, he's kind of doing some play by play, which isn't normally his forte. Uh, but he, you know, uh, who was in the match? I don't even remember. It's irrelevant. Uh, and he says that PK kick right there was, was super brutal. And Nigel goes, Tony, you don't even know what PK stands for, do you? And <laughs> Tony is like, yeah, no, I don't. He's like, it's penalty kick. So penalty kick, kick. And, and, and then, you know, Shivoni, Shivoni, Shivani laughs it off and says, you know what, Nigel, you're a son of a bitch, but you make me laugh. <laughs> like all of me, it's like total stream of consciousness. And I'm like, this is, this is for me right here. Yeah. I, I love stuff like that. When, yeah. when you can tell that there's a legit like camaraderie in the booth. That's what I like so much about the Excalibur Taz pairing. Who yes. would have thought, by the way? Oh my God. Oh, commentator from pwg who wears lucha mask and yeah at that point an extremely checked out fresh from impact <laughs> like world Suplex machine and tag. Yeah. like who would have thought that would have worked but they are so much fun together all those hours on the uh the elevation zone really can bond two people together i suppose the overnight tapings of of dark and yeah dark elevation, uh really really took them to another level but I digress. Yes. Uh, as uh, maybe it's Okada Danielson as Danielson's farewell, because it feels like Wembley's the farewell. Um, I know that ZSJ confronted Danielson. Yes. The press conference post-match. I know that ZSJ has a victory now over Danielson in the main event, eight man from uh, New Year's dash. Mm-hmm. So, they're clearly building to a round two for those guys, but sure. Maybe, maybe it's Okada Danielson at Wembley. Cause clearly a third one must happen or you know what? Maybe having them split it and no one ever has the advantage. Oh, I kind of love that. Actually, that might be a, a really nice way to handle that. I was going to say forbidden door will be before all in. So mm-hmm. maybe they do the rubber match at Forbidden Door if they do one, and then do ZSJ and Brian at at All In. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we had Sonata versus Tatsuya Naito as the main event. All indications are this was work rate Naito, much like uh, in the finals of the G1 this year. Dude pulled one more out. Yeah. We have a new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion as Naito won it from Sonata. The Sonata era is thankfully over it's a real bummer to say because i know again look back we were both like why don't they make sonata the dude why don't they right. give him the belt well we fucking found we, out yes yeah we <laughs> fucked around yeah <laughs> yeah uh, i don't know who naito drops it to at the end of the show he was attacked by evil Ooh. and they ran that to fucking pandemic era Yep. I don't want that to be a thing. It might have just been to have a spoiler because the, the whole gimmick was uh, that Naito wanted to be able to do the LIJ yeah. off at the Tokyo Dome because yeah. he's never been able, like, even when he won the belt, he got attacked before he got to do it. Right. So he wanted to be able to do it at the end of the show. So they had this whole thing where, you know, evil comes out. He's a spoiler. He's beating up Naito. Sonata gets involved, goes after evil. Okay. So, you know, a little bit of a, a friendly moment between Naito and Sonata. And Naito got to do, you know, the, the LIJ sign off. 
the roll call. I don't know if that means they're going to go in a direction of evil Nido again. I really hope they don't. Well, even so, I don't see evil getting strapped up again. Yeah. I think really the move is you have Suji, Yuyamura, uh, Umino, Ren Narita. One of those guys needs to be the one to beat Nido. I think it's time to, to build to that next level, to build to the next group. Yeah, I was going to say with with Osprey leaving, mm-hmm. uh, Tana is you know past those days. Um, you know, you could it could always be Okada because, but we've seen that match a million times too. Yeah, and and we've seen Okada as champion against pretty much everyone. Right. Well, unless as we bring it back to earlier, you say you know what this is where Hiromu makes his stand and goes uh, challenges his friend because he might be the only one to give him a shot kayfabe wise at the title, uh, and then maybe you know you crown Hiromu as IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Why not? I could see that. I could see that. That that actually would be cool too because if you think about it, Hiromu's group is like the middle generation between this yeah. group and Naito Okada group. Yeah. So I, I could see that. Or you uh, just strap up Shingo again. Yeah, yeah, fuck it. Um, <laughs> you know, Shingo, uh, we'll, we'll talk about where he landed, uh, but we're very excited about where he's going next. Um, going to very quickly run through some of the things from New Year's Dash. Uh, it was another mystery show. So with every entrance, you found out who was going against who and whatever. Yeah. Uh, the big surprise, though, was the main <sighs> event being an eight-man tag uh, which was on one side, the TMDK group of Zack Sabre Jr., Shane Haste, Mikey Nichols, and Kosei Fujita. Hmm. They went against the dream team of Okada, Ishii, Moxley, and Danielson. Blackpool Chaos Club. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, it was a really fun match. Like It was total house show eight-man tag. Sure. I need the time to watch that last night. Um it was a really, really fun match, but ZSJ got the win and immediately started motherfucking Brian about it. As one uh, does. Yes. Uh, so, you know, we, we will see where they end up going. Um, ZSJ did challenge Danielson to a future rematch. Danielson said, you know, it will happen, but didn't say where, because it's not on the card for battle in the Valley, which is the big next U S show. Okay. Uh, Another thing that happened on this show was the New Japan debut of Matt Riddle as he showed up via video challenging Hiroshi Tanahashi to a TV title match in the future. Sure. I know that Riddle was supposed to be, uh, I think, in a World Tag League before he got signed. Okay. Uh, It was supposed to be like him and Jeff Cobb because they had a team going on in the indies. Uh Uh-huh he got signed by WWE. So we couldn't do it. One, this dude is going to get Matt side his way right out of Japan. Real fast. Yes, yes, yes. Like, uh, he is more weed than man at this point. Like there, if he makes it through customs to be able to work a match in Japan, I will be surprised. Yeah, he's going to get Brittany grinded, <laughs> but at the same time, good pull, by the way, Thank at you. the same time, I I don't know what you do with him in New Japan. It not that dissimilar from from Nick Nemeth, Dolph Ziggler, whatever you want to call him. It's like, okay, you got him. Yeah. Doesn't 
really move the needle. Doesn't I mean, at least anything at, at this moment, Nemeth, you know, is going for the global championship. So that at least makes some sense. Challenging Finley going after Finley here, but you know, the TV title and riddle, I, I, I don't know. I don't know who reached out to whom um, and how it came together. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I don't think they need more Gaijin at this point. If they're trying to build this new class of young lions to be main eventers, then, you yeah. know, it, it, I don't know. It, it's, it's a weird, weird situation that they're in booking wise over there. Yeah. Maybe the point is you have a Ziggler or, you know, a riddle guys who have international notoriety. They lose to a Yoda Suji. They lose to a Ren Narita. Right. Maybe they, yes. Oh, look, our guys beat these, you know, massive career success Americans. And yeah, that's expensive that's cool. talent enhancement though. <laughs> true. True. I'd imagine. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, uh, battle of the Valley, that's going to be happening. Uh, I think next weekend in San Jose. Oh, shit, already? Uh, yeah. January 13th. So next Saturday, yeah. uh, we've got, uh, Shoto Amino, Fred Roster and Jacob Fatu against Tom Lawler, Jarrell Nelson and Royce Isaacs, Volador Jr. And Mascara Dorada, versus Rocky Romero and Sobrano Jr. Kind of a, a hint of the, the forthcoming Fantastic Mania tour where uh-huh. the doors in New Japan. New Japan yeah. uh, Rocky Romero just continuing to get fun bookings because he knows people. Bless him. Bless I got to say, Rocky, if, if tragedy befalls actor Jake Johnson before he finishes his uh, voiceover for the third Spider-Verse movie, Rocky Romero could fill in in a pinch because he sounds just fucking like him. Yeah, he really does. He really does. I, I liked him on commentary a lot. I actually watched the, the English commentary for once. Yeah, I, yeah. Because I wanted to hear what this new guy was like. And then I was like, who's this third guy? And I was like, oh, it's Rocky. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was like, okay. In a match that may possibly cure insomnia, it will be David Finley versus TJP. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, Hikaleo and Fa- El Fantasma defending the strong openweight belts against Clark Connors and Alex Coughlin. We've got Julia of Stardom defending the New Japan Strong title against uh, Trish Adora. Um, okay. ZSJ and Bad Dude Tito will be going against <laughs> Matt Riddle and a mystery partner. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Eddie Kingston will be defending the Continental Crown against Gabe Kidd. We've got a no DQ match. John Moxley and Shingo Takagi. Fuck yes. Let's go. If I were to pick a nit, I don't need a no DQ match with these two. I just want to see them clobber each other with forearms for 20 minutes. You know, but personally and you know these matches always kind of devolve into some bullshit outside especially with mox and the bcc sort of way doing things and shingo can certainly hang with that um but yeah is this going to be uh it's a pay-per-view but will eventually end up on new japan world is that how they're going to work this japan world yeah yeah and the main event uh i guess sort of the u.s farewell uh new japan u.s farewell for him it's will osprey versus kazuchika okada in the main which always is good and i so oh yeah I, I didn't even hear that got announced. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that'll be the main for that show. Uh, Osprey also uh, set up his final New Japan match during the uh, New Year's Dash show. It will be the United Empire of Osprey, Jeff Cobb, Hanare, TJP, and Francisco Akira against the Bullet Club War Dogs of David Finley, Alex Coughlin, Gabe Kidd, Clark Connors, and Drillo Maloney in a steel cage match. 
Okay. They're not uh, want to do steel cage matches in Japan very much or in New Japan yes. that I can recall. The last steel cage match in New Japan was in 2004. Damn, 20 years ago. Shit. Uh, I can't recall who he was against, but it was a, a Tanahashi match. Um, wow. But yeah, 20 years ago, between or 20 years between cage matches. Yeah. Um, but yeah, five on five cage match. That's going to be Osprey's farewell. That will be part of the uh, new beginning in Osaka show. Osaka, uh, okay. February 11th, which means, yeah, uh, Revolution is where Osprey is coming uh, into AEW for sure. So we'll see how all that plays out. Uh, also interesting, New Japan announced that they will be returning to Chicago this spring, and they're moving to the Trust Arena, which is like an actual, the big room. Yeah, it's a big room, an actual arena that like you know dynamites run out of. Yeah. Um, I wish them the best luck. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't know how that's going to go. Um, my understanding is last year, even with Mercedes Monet, the Battle in the Valley show struggled to get over 3,000 people. And they're like, okay, <laughs> been another year. We're going to try to run a, you know, five figure person building. Right. Um, Without Osprey. Well, I mean, there could be some AEW talent there. Who yeah, knows? I, I would be fairly confident that at least Eddie Kingston would be on that show. Sure. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But speaking of Eddie Kingston, speaking of everything going on with him, let's head over to this company. So since we last talked, Chris, we've had a major AEW pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. We've had a major AEW departure. Mm-hmm. We had the culmination of two major uh, storylines in the continental classic and the who's the devil reveal. Right. We had uh, a brand new world champion crown. So a lot of stuff went down. Yes. The last few weeks. So let's considering we're almost at an hour. Now let's quickly talk about world's end, (laughs) which you and I both, uh, on the warm at best warm at best. Yeah. I I don't want to say at the negative because as so many people pointed out, Look at, you know, a uh, uh, 2010 John Cena, LOL Cena wins uh, pay-per-view from WWE. Right. Um, this was definitely better than that. But uh, for the the heights that AEW pay-per-views have gotten, including ones that m- didn't look that hot on paper, looking yeah. at you all out 2023, looking at you wrestle dream, even with, you know, the ZSJ Danielson match um, on paper, didn't look like it was going to be that b- that great of a show. Turned out to be a very, very great show. So the hope was this was going to be one of those. And well, the streak ended. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the streak ended for sure. I think part of it was, and this is happening more and more lately. They are, because of the talent they now have, they're expanding into these WWE towns and these WWE arenas. Right. And they're getting WWE crowds who are like, Fuck yeah, let me see Edge. Let me see what he's up to. Fuck yeah, let me see what Ric Flair's doing. Fuck yeah, let me see uh, what Christian's up to. You know, whoever that yeah. that they go, I remember him from WWE. I'm going to go see him live. They give zero fucks about the in-between. Like, guy comes out, pyro, all that stuff, hot for that. Yeah. Someone cuts a promo, hot for that. Second to bell rings. They check out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like they're sports entertainment crowds and not pro wrestling crowds. Yeah. 
And unfortunately, we're also seeing with this addition of WWE people, more notable WWE people, we're seeing a little bit more of the WWE booking coming in. Uh, my hope uh, is look at the whole devil storyline, devil storyline. Look at the fucking edge and uh, Christian, Christian storyline from this show, especially. Yeah. I'm hoping that the success financially, the success ratings wise, the success, you know, uh, critically of the continental classic tells them, yeah, we want the sports presentation of matches. Yeah. Like we don't need a hat on a hat and this, show had a bunch of hats on a bunch of hats um sure did yeah it, it started you know what maybe we should have known that this was going to go down a dark path from how it started uh so looking at the pre-show was willow yeah. nightingale and chris statlander Ooh. two women who typically have very very good matches it was an off night it was very much an off night up to and including them botching their finish which yeah. not good not great but it was like okay the pre-show maybe just an auspicious start willow getting the win over chris okay fine sure then we had the 20-man battle royal winner getting a shot at the tnt championship anytime anywhere aew since it started in 2019 hell you can go back to the first all-in in in 2018 Mm -hmm. if there's a battle royal it's gonna be good yeah, and there's usually a surprise or two. Right. But then, you know, a few months back, we had the Dynamite Diamond Ring Battle Royal that uh-huh. was really just, you know, a backdrop to the storyline with MJF and the Bullet Club and yeah. Max Caster and all that. It, it kind of sucked. This was more like the New Japan Rambo than, uh, than the <laughs> yeah. AEW sort of <laughs> battle royal. And it, it didn't help when you're looking at who was in it. Uh you had Rocky Romero again. Rocky Romero knows people, so he's there. Butcher he's and Blade, hustling. they're fine, but they've done nothing. I didn't even think they were still under contract, to be honest uh, with you. Action and Dreading and Darius Martin. They've been making a name for themselves in the trios matches we've been talking about. Sure, but where's Dante? Where the fuck is Dante? Chris oh. Daniels. Fine. Sure. Who cares? Brian yeah. Keith. I think that dude has an upside, but no one knows him yet. Yes. Kip Sabian, the A number one person where you go, that's a rampage guy. Yeah. (laughs) John Silver and Alex Reynolds, in theory, in front of a New York crowd near the anniversary of Brody's passing. Maybe they'd be a thing. Nope. Crowd didn't care. Yeah. Angelo Parker. Okay. Lee Johnson. Okay. Johnny TV. Okay. Serpentico. Yeah. As soon as I see Serpentico out there, I'm like, uh, it's going to be shit. Yeah. Um, Really, the only important people that were in it were Danhausen, Trent, Mm -hmm. Lance Archer, and Killswitch. Mm -hmm. Who were, in fact, the final four. Yes. And Killswitch and Lance Archer spent half the match just underneath Plunder. Right. So you had a whole bunch of guys that no one gave a shit about. And then the final four. Mm Mm-hmm. Lance Archer has been so start stop in that company that it's hard for, I think anyone to get excited for him. Now I, I get excited when he shows up and then it's like, Oh, he lost again. Okay. Bye. Remember another three months that they were just like, Oh, okay. It's, it's him and, and Vincent and Dutch. They're now a group. And they went on to lose their first and only match together. 
they weren't around. Who were Vincent and oh. Dutch? Uh, uh, the right. Oh, the sp- the spooky Rob Zombie guys. Yes. Yes. Okay. They were. I don't remember that for a week on uh, Collision. Uh, that's probably why. That was probably my weeks of not watching Collision. I believe it was the trio of Sting, Darby, and Adam Copeland, and then they hmm. did do a single fucking thing with them. No Jake yeah, Roberts, by the way, with uh, with Lance Archer here. Kill Switch wins. Which is just like, oh, cool. The TNT title is going to be involved with the same fucking people it's been involved in the whole time. Yep. Little did I know it could get worse. Continuing on on the show, Hook, Wheeler, Yuta, FTW title match. It's fun. I, I don't need a plunder match after all the plunder from the last match, too. I didn't need it either. But what I will say is, let's put a little pin in this. They did something last night that I did not expect them to do with Hook for a very long time. Yeah, true. I saw that. We'll talk about that. Then we had the main show. Kicks off great. You got Excalibur, Taz, and Nigel at the desk. Matt Menard's joining them. I, I like Menard on commentary. I got to be honest. Yeah, in small doses. He's okay. And we had basically the losers tag match yeah. for the Metal Classic. Danielson, Claudio, Garcia, and Mark Briscoe against Jay White, Brody King, Roosh, and Jay Lethal. This match fucking ruled. A lot of fun with this one. It was awesome. I I knew on paper it'd be good, but this was great. And then the rest of the show happened. (laughs) (laughs) So, Miro and Andrade. This is Andrade's last night in the company. So, of course, Miro's going to win. You would think, given that the storyline was how shit-hot mad Miro has been about C.J. Perry managing someone else, and the someone yeah. else is Andrade El Idolo, and Andrade is about to leave the territory. Should have run, what, three minutes? Three minutes? Yeah. yeah. Destroy the dude, throw him in a game over, and that's game over for Andrade and AEW. No, this went like 12. And it went back and forth. Yeah. And apparently CJ Perry's mad at Miro for the finger infection she got in CMLL. And also there seems to be a weird sex thing between them about, you know, the it seems like cuckolding by way of wrestling management. I don't I don't understand it. Yeah. Importantly, this has nothing to do with a match and winning matches and winning titles and I I don't know why any of this. Yeah. Now it was a dull fart of a thing. And then CJ helps Mira win. Yeah. Okay. On paper, you look at the match. It was fine. You know, the, the, the mechanics of what happened was fine. It was a collision match. Yeah. And no one cared because we had no reason to. Right. Then we had timeless Tony storm against Riho. Riho getting her annual I'm Riho, so therefore I get a title. Uh, I did see Tony Khan tried to explain that like Riho was doing some sort of kill bill thing, you know, because she got taken out by the outcast, so she was trying to one by one take out oh, okay. the outcast. That wasn't made clear. Or explained on television. Yeah, yeah. And this match was okay. Tony fucking murdered Riho with the finish, though. Yeah, she did. I, I was brutal. I was very worried that so was I. Riho got legit fucked up. But it was okay. 
Like it wasn't bad. It just was fine. Yeah. It, it would have been a perfectly fine dynamite match. Mm-hmm. Then we go backstage. We find out where Darius Martin's going to be because he's backstage and he wants to have a match with orange Cassidy. Dante. Oh, sorry. Yes. Dante Martin. We find out he wants a match with orange Cassidy for the international championship. And they're going to have it not on this pay-per-view that could really use a win right now <laughs> on dynamite on Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we, <laughs> we at home spent $50 f- to find out one of the best possible matches that's talked about on the show. Isn't happening on the show. Right. Wait, right. We'll be for free on Wednesday. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Swerving Keith Lee did not happen. Keith. Yeah, this could have been. I feel like it was placed there to be like, okay, let's get this pay per view back on track. And then it was unable to do so because Keith Lee uh, is, was not cleared medically, some injury that he had been apparently dealing with for quite some time. Yeah. Um, not cleared to wrestle. So instead of just scrapping the match, which they, you know, was an option, but did not do, they threw in uh, his old tag team partner, Dustin fucking Rhodes, for some reason. Um, this, at first, when Swerve murked Dustin, I was like, oh, this is how the match is going to be. It's not going to be a match. It's just a fucking beatdown. That's yeah. great. thought that was a great idea, great uh, pivot uh, to deal with what had happened. Um, you know, take out his old partner so the story keeps going. And, you know, it should, adds to the viciousness of Swerve. Mm-hmm. Puts him over as this just motherfucker that you hate. Yeah. Um, but no, that's that's not what happened, is it? No, no, it isn't. And, and, and to that point, okay, he takes out uh, Dustin's leg with the cinder block. Dustin gets taken to the back. Maybe Swerve starts beating him up again on the ramp. You know, full Steve Austin, you know, on the verge of Attitude Era style, where he's just an absolute motherfucker. Yeah. Then who runs out from the crowd? Fucking Hangman Adam Page, because he's not done with him. Right. Brawl to the back, and everyone's all hyped because, like, the feud of 2023 looks to be continuing. But instead, I'm fairly confident that. The agents that Tony, everybody just went, okay, so the match we had planned for Keith, where he gets beaten down, hit with a cinder block, and then like has spared a 76 comeback and goes, you know, toe for toe with Swerve despite this injury, just have Dustin do the exact same thing. But why? Because Dustin is a almost 60 year old man. Dustin Rhodes in 2023, he's a great hand. He can surprise you every so often with the type of matches he has. He's had a Hall of Fame level career. I'm sure nothing away from what he's done. There's no reason why he should be toe to toe with the guy who you are clearly getting behind as your top star. 100% made zero sense and actually kind of lowered Swerve stock a little bit, if you ask me. Yeah. And also, Dustin would argue, as he did on Twitter with people. By just saying fuck it's you also to people. Always a great luck. <laughs> but also, Dustin just stopped selling the leg. Yeah. He is a veteran among veterans. He undoubtedly has yelled at people backstage for not selling a thing. Yeah. And he's just like, ah, you know what? Time for my baby face fire up. Fuck. Yeah. Disappointing. And then we had 
the Callus family combo uh, and tag champion combo. It was Hobbs, Takeshita, Ricky Starks, and Big Bill. Going <sighs> Sammy Guevara, Chris Jericho, Sting, and Darby Allen. Sting and the Sex Pests. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure two weeks prior, this match would have gone fine. Yeah. However, over the holiday week, there was a big kerfuffle on the internet. Chances are, if you're listening to this, you know about it. If you don't know about it, we get into it a lot more in Schlegel's Soapbox. It's not really worth digging into because especially the main person who pointed the finger at Chris Jericho has also come out and been like, you took me out of context. That wasn't what I was saying at all, you guys. All right. Whatever. The crowd fucking hated Chris Jericho and not in a, oh, what a dastardly heel way. No, as a go away, motherfucker. Fuck this guy. Yeah. Why is he in front of us? They could have done so many different things. Mm -hmm. He's already been beaten down backstage by Starks and Big Bill. He's been beaten down by Hobbs. It wouldn't be shocking that they beat the fuck out of him. And then it's three on four and the faces lose because of the, the numbers. Yeah. Instead, they try to make this match work. And no different than Swerve Dustin before that, they clearly did not pivot a single fucking thing. I feel like what happened was, you know, Tony had the show written out. Yeah. Everything that was going to happen is like, okay, we could go this way. Uh, as as uh, hip hop group Black Sheep would say, you could go with this or you could go with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what Tony did was he pulled out his D20. and said, all right, under 10, I'm going this way over 10. We're doing the more logical sort of thing. And he just rolled fucking ones like consistently and made the wrong choice here, which is kind of like how my night went the other night. Uh, just fucking terrible rolls. I was trying to, I, I was trying to swing a dragon head that I had chained up behind me as a weapon and failed miserably with a fucking one. So I'm still bitter about that, Darren. Um, but I love that you're competitive, even in a pseudo improv situation like D&D. Brother, do you know me? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I do. I, that's why I find so much joy in it. That's <laughs> hilarious to me. Anyway, this match falls apart. Yeah. You have four. Uh, you have, sorry, not even four. You have eight of the best guys in the company in terms of notability or history or the crowds getting behind them. Yeah. What have you. And this completely fucking fell apart. Like and Sting looked lost. Everyone looked. Jericho lost. looked a little rattled by the response. Yeah. You um, know, Darby's in there trying to direct traffic and it's not going. He looked frustrated. Yeah. Stark. Sammy looked oblivious. Starks. I feel he's snake bitten, not in his own injuries right now, just in terms of, Okay. I'm getting back on track. I mean, I have a storyline that means something. And then something fucking happens. that has nothing to do with him. Yep. And he's got to figure it out all over again. Yeah. It's a shame for that guy. Yeah. This, this was just a bummer. Uh, Sammy got the pin and the face is one, but you'd be hard pressed to know from the audience response. So we had a TBS title match between Julia Hart and Abaddon. Oh, I went to get more wings when this happened. So I don't really I know don't what happened. I don't blame you. <laughs> Julia Hart has improved by leaps and bounds in 2023. She's not ready to carry a match. 
Abaddon has had as many matches as some nights between collision and ring of honor tapings that occur in totality. Mm -hmm. She's had that many matches. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. They have not had that many matches. Yeah. I appreciate wanting to give Abaddon a bigger spotlight because uh, there's such a unique character in the world of pro wrestling and they, they live and breathe that gimmick. This match was a train wreck. I, I was sitting on the couch once I got my wings and then I just, I wasn't watching them out. I was on my phone. I think I played a game of snap with Russell during this. It was just not, uh, I, I did not care and I didn't even care to t- t- turn my face towards the TV as it was happening. Yeah. And what's also weird is, and we talked about this, you know, I, I think it was in our last episode. They had that big thunder Rosa return tag match. Yep. Thunder Rosa won the match. But Abaddon gets the title shot. Yeah. What? And I don't know. not like they've done anything with Rosa since. So <sighs> Adam Copeland, Christian Cage, no DQ match for the TNT title. This was every single weapon based WWE main event you've ever watched. Yep. Executed well. Executed very well. Copeland took fucking everything the welt on his eyebrow yeah horrifying running back the flaming table spot from wrestlemania 23 crazy idea we are so lucky nick wayne didn't die yeah that was rough because for those who may have missed the spot, the idea was, oh, you know, uh, Christian set up a flaming table with Nick Wayne. They set it on fire. Uh, Christian goes to put Adam Copeland for it, through it. Copeland, you know, battles out and the fire's gone out. Yeah. So he just absolutely dumps a tank of lighter fluid. Douses. Yeah. On the table, they set it on fire and the gimmick is, and it should have known because Nick Wayne was wearing a full jacket. Yeah. That Nick's going to be power bombed onto the flaming table by Adam Copeland. He does it and misses the table. Overshoots a little bit. Overshoots. So not only does Nick Wayne land on his fucking head on the ramp area, Mm -hmm. but the table falls back. Yeah. How he did not catch on fire, how the, the ringside mats, which I believe are rubber based, didn't mm-hmm. catch on fire beyond me. But whew, yeah. scary moment. Looking forward to Botchamania. Yeah. Copeland wins the match. New TNT champ. Okay. That's interesting. Maybe we'd see Christian rebuild. Maybe we get to see Christian take some time away. Because I'm tired of these segments with Nick Wayne's mom. Yeah. Christian 2023 had an incredible year. Take a few months off, bud. Let's get Adam Copeland in, in these matches. He said that he wanted to have. Yeah. In all the press he did. Kill switch comes out. Christian takes the anytime, anywhere contract and wins back the TNT title. So you're basically cashing in money in the bank on the ultimate opportunist. I get it. 
I get the story behind it. Then the the you know the callbacks, the jacket that Edge wore or Adam wore was the same jacket he wore at that WrestleMania. Like I, I we get what you're doing here. That doesn't make it a good idea. And also, you've rendered this entire storyline, this entire match that one dude almost died for, another dude got a giant contusion on his head for. You yeah. rendered it to nothing. Yeah. So you two and two matches with the battle royal too. So it was yeah. just to end up where we were, where we started. Someone needs to grab those guys and tell them, I know this is what you did in the other company. I know it's a different day, guys. You, you got to take one step further back and it'll work. Trust me, it'll work. He could have dropped the title to Christian on dynamite or collision. And it would have been a big to do. No, instead he's listed on the website as being the TNT champion for three minutes. Yeah. So great. And it's not like three minute warning is going to rise from the grave and show up. So <laughs> Let's hope. even know why we're doing that. RIP. Well, we got a zombie on, on roster. So, you know, calling the some show, favors. The show absolutely needed a win here. And by God, it got one. Eddie Kingston, John Moxley, continental classic final. Great fucking match. Zero notes. Kingston won the triple crown. Right guy. Right place. Right time. Yeah. There was zero reason for Mox to win this. Yeah. And I'm so happy that Kingston got to do it. Now Kingston's going to be that dude for three companies at once. So hell yeah. And he got to do it in New York. I mean, how fucking cool is that? No, it was, it was, it was perfect. It, it, you know, the history between the two of them. And then as soon as, you know, it, it won the finals of the classic, the dynamite before is when you saw it was those two, it was like, okay, this yeah. is where it's going and I'm okay with it. And it happened and I'm still okay with it. Like yeah. it was, it was the right call. And then AEW world title main event, MJF, Joey Samoe going into this. There had been a lot of rumor and scuttlebutt ultimately uh, given credence by a player's tribune article written by MJF about how beat up and how hurt he was. It was a very well-written article too. Yeah. Great read. If you haven't checked it out. So I got real giddy. I'm like, Oh my God, they're going to strap up Samoa Joe. Yeah. They're going to make him the new AEW world champion. Joey Samoa, a guy who was, at a commentary desk two years ago. Yeah. Guy for the number two company. Yep. What a turnaround. The guy who won the NXT title on a house show. Yes. Yes. (laughs) He won the world title. Uh Uh-huh. He had a killer post-show promo that was on dynamite on Wednesday. Yep. However, it was sacrificed to the altar of the devil storyline. I mean, it needed to end. It did. So, you know, it, if you look at the net outcomes here, we have Samojo as champion and the devil has been revealed so we can move on. I see that as an absolute win. Yeah, it, it's it could be worse. It could have been very much worse. There was uh, there was people wondering like, oh, I, I, legitimately, I saw people going, oh, it's going to be Tamatanga as the devil. Who gets luck about Tamatanga? Ugh. Yeah. Uh, it was could it Tonga Loa who said that? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Was it Haku? Like, yeah. I can understand someone not correcting Haku. Sure, like, sure. 
just an odd choice. But okay, we've got that. Let's go ahead and take it to Wednesday night. So we had dynamite show kicks off with those post-match comments from Joey Samoe. Great fucking promo. He's yeah. talking about how he's king shit on fuck mountain. Everybody else sucks. I used the devil to the means I needed to. Max, I fucking chumped you. Guess what, everybody? I fucking rule. You want the belt? Come after me. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Then we got the whole group of Adam Cole and his doofuses. <laughs> yeah, that's the perfect, perfect description there. They're called the Undisputed Kingdom now. I really wish they hadn't used Undisputed. And Adam Cole cuts this promo about, you know, uh, MJF. He basically did everyone a favor. MJF was terrible. He was garbage. He saw the light, realized how bad he was. Therefore, he took him out. MJF is going to be out for months. At best. Yeah. Uh, he, he's apparently deciding, do I rehab it or do I get surgery? Yeah. Shoulder. So we're looking think, at minimum four months. Yeah. And Adam Cole had two foot surgeries from his random <laughs> jump off a stage. Right. So he's not going to be able to do anything for months. What the fuck do you do with this? Uh, I don't Cole know, man. The right guy under the mask. I'm not going to take that away from them. But am I going to have every fucking dynamite start with a 20 minute undisputed kingdom promo where Adam talks about how he was right. And then fucking all the baby faces who are vaguely involved, or even one guy who wasn't a baby face who's a baby face now. And Jay white. Yeah. going to like go after the kingdom who no one gives a shit about. And Roddy strong. Who's been a comedy character. I mean, I don't think it'll be in perpetuity, but I think until you pay off those storylines, that'll be the direction. I mean, uh, I guess you do Jay. Yeah, because there will be three on. Th- no, they have four because Wardlow is a part of this, too. Oh, yeah, you didn't Wardlow. mention Wardlow. Yeah. Um, which is still a weird fit. And of course, you know, Wardlow, Wardlow by the way, to being a guy who doesn't talk and just looms in the background, which is fine. And that's kind of, you know. But that's everything we've seen him do that before. Yes. You know, and even Cole said he's going to give me the championship, which is essentially just what Killswitch and fucking Christian did. And then Wardlow makes this face like, okay, buddy, sure. You know, I was like, okay. So I, you're just going through the same motions over and over again. And, you know, I, I get paying off the Bullet Club and this undisputed kingdom thing and you know the acclaimed daddy ass have beef too because they got their ass kicked by them but then that takes what maybe a month and like you said then 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 where are we yeah what do we do with any of that at that point here's the overall problem i think and world's end was very indicative of it and it sounds like especially if you watch the show they're gonna they're gonna zag on it they're gonna try to correct because the Continental Classic showed to the people in charge that, hey, what people want to see in a wrestling show, pro wrestling. Yeah. How about that? There has been this whole sports entertainment side that's been seeping into AEW. Yeah. The Christian stuff, the MJF and Cole stuff, uh, you, you know, just more, oh, we're telling stories. We're making cinema. Then 
or having a pro wrestling show. Yeah. The juxtaposition has become so incredibly jarring that it's, you feel whiplash. Yeah, sometimes. And I felt the whiplash here. This was a full on, oh, it's, it's the top of uh, a prime attitude era raw or SmackDown segment. Here comes, you know, the, uh, the big heel group led by the guy who just revealed himself, whether right. I call it the corporate ministry or you want to call it. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. here's, here's the guy who was a heel. Here's the guy who was a heel, but because he got beat up by these guys, he's now the fiery baby face. And look, here's the other random guys who got wronged. So here's the union. Sorry, Bullet Club and the acclaimed. Like, okay, I've seen this. I know where this goes and I don't care for it. I mean, yeah. I mean, to be fair, that's pro wrestling kind of in a nutshell. I've seen this before. You know, <laughs> they do, like we said, storylines are repeated, but you know, when you're have so many main players injured in the storyline, yeah, the storyline needs to take a backseat. But then the rest of the show, I will say was very good, including my first official match of the year. <laughs> so Orange Cassidy, Dante Martin international title. Wasn't that match very no. good match between the it two. Was fun. Yeah. He retains and post match. We've got, uh, you know, the Dante Martin top flight action Dreddy crew getting up in the face of Arch Cassidy, uh, Trent, or, sorry, Hook and Dan Housen, Housen. that yeah. whole crew. When all of a sudden top flights music plays, <laughs> which is clearly not the move. Right. Yeah. And then private parties music plays and fucking. Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy come down looking like absolute fucking stars. And you know what? It took the crowd a little bit to be like, oh, you know what? We did like you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, uh, what's the other guy's name? Isaiah. Uh, yeah, Isaiah had been stuck in Hardy Land for so long. Yeah. I, I forgot that. Oh, wait, this guy was actually in a very fun tag team at one point. I, I think the moment where he said, We're putting all the tag teams on notice, and that includes the Hardys, you heard yeah. like just everyone at the same time, and they would go, Oh, thank God. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I really liked Private Party at the beginning. They're, you know, they're, they've still got rough edges around them for sure. Sure. Um, I don't know what the issue was. It took Quinn out for as long as he was out, Yeah, but I'm for this. I'm happy to see the guys back in the mix. I'm happy to see a new tag team in the mix. Let's go for it. You know, yeah. maybe an emphasis on tag team wrestling for a while, which was yeah. a big thing at one point. Exactly. Um, we had uh, Renee Paquette backstage with Tony and Luther talking about the match uh, that Mariah May was going to have her debut, but uh, Tony Storm says she doesn't uh, really do anything in New Jersey, so she had Luther pick her up and take her away. Don't blame her. House of Black did a spooky promo. House of Black. I didn't really understand the the promo. It was something Shocker. like <laughs> FTR. We're going to beat you in front of your family, and after we've beaten you in front of your family, you're going to have a new family. That's us. Are they the, so they're trying to recruit them? I guess. I want to see Cash in some guy liner. See how that looks. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. Make them spooky, spooky Southern boys. 
thought of a really tasteless joke that I'm not going to go with. Um, sir. Yeah. Uh, Renee Paquette then backstage, uh, with Swerve and Prince Nana putting over the main event match against Daniel Garcia. Hell yeah. Uh, and Swerve just laid it out. Like I'm go. I, I wanted to go after MJF. I wanted that world title, but Joe, I'll go right after you, bud. Let's go. Totally, totally into it. Mariah May debuted against Cream. I can't pronounce her name properly, so I'm going to just. Queen Amadala. Queen Amadala. Yeah. Uh, Mariah May isn't half bad. Yeah, she had some stink on those drop kicks. I, I think she's fine. Um, I just need something more from her than fangirl of Tony Storm. Yeah. I, I need something to sink my teeth into. And uh, Renee Paquette comes into the ring after, unsurprisingly, Maria May won. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, asked her how she's feeling after the big win. She says, you know, she hopes Tony Storm's winning and her only regret is they had to do the match in New Jersey, which brings out New Jersey's own Snooki from Jersey. <laughs> Hang on. Right. It was an MJF level of tanned Deanna Perrazzo. Yeah. Her AEW debut. It's GTL, baby. Jim Tan Laundry. Yeah. She definitely hit the T. She was orange. Like yeah. fucking Tropicana was trying to figure out where to milk her. That's how orange she was. It was. It, <laughs> that it was, was a couple not, ideas, but. <laughs> it, was, it was not a great look. Perazzo, totally fine pickup. I get it. Um, although she is responsible for one of the worst dynamite main events of all time that we got to be live and in person for. I was going to say, wasn't she the one that uh, wrestled Mercedes Martinez for that yeah. terrible match? And okay. Because no one had any reason to care. It was a yeah. ring of honor women's title match main yep. event in dynamite with an impact talent. We've like, gotten some shitty cards. We really have. Um, but you know, okay. They picked her up. They're clearly trying to rebuild the women's division. I'm fine with it. You know, it, it doesn't certainly not a Mercedes Monet's level debut as no. Brian Alvarez would have made you think she was popping up and taking over the show. But right. We had a Christian Cage promo, which also gave Shayna Wayne mic time. Why is this fucking happening? I have I have no idea. And also <laughs> this entire promo meant nothing. It was just, uh, you know what? Uh, I, I won the belt. I'm still champion. I'm really good. The same old uh, crap. Yeah, yeah. Again, I, I, I have loved so much of this dude's work since he's gone heel. But the wheels are just spinning, man. You yeah. got to fucking move forward here. And speaking of things that meant nothing, uh, Renee Paquette backstage with Ruby Soho, Harley Cameron and Soraya. I don't, I don't care. Is Harley Cameron the one that was in QTV? Yes. Okay. Yes. But then... We got to the fucking fireworks factory. <laughs> Nasuke Takeshita, Darby Allen, one on one. Yeah, and this spun out of the match at uh, the pay per view. At, at the pay per view. Yeah, and man, this should have been the match on the pay per view. I yeah. would have spent fifty dollars for this match. Sure, if they have yeah. a rematch. I undoubtedly will have to spend fifty dollars for it. I, I will. I will be totally fine with that. See a young man die live on pay per view. Darby Allen decided I'm going to be a ragdoll physics model for every single move and suplex that Takeshita has in his arsenal. Yeah. Human crash test dummy, man. He went through the fucking ringer in this match. Yes. 
avalanche German suplex and not uh-huh. the type where like the dude flips over in midair. Nope. They'll kind of lands on his head and for and, uh, uh, shoulders, uh, a super blue thunder bomb off the top with like extra spin on it. Yep. Uh, and then the, the spot that made me howl Derby Grand. does his big tope and uh-huh. it always looks like, you know, a fucking sniper shot when he does yep. it, he does it. And, lands into a flying high knee from Takeshita. It looked like a Mortal Kombat fatality. Yeah. Like, like I could picture the slow-mo of the jaw and the teeth going into the nose and blood spurting out the top of his head. Like I could picture it from that. That's how brutal it was. But yeah. Takeshita didn't stop there. No, no, no. On the outside, I think he first did a regular suplex out oh, there he, or something. Yeah, he did a regular suplex and then he did a, a, a chaos he, theory rolling german yes on the ramp oh, yes God. yes which was i think the total of three germans on the ramp one the third being a release this absolutely brutal this made Takesha look like an absolute fucking beast yeah now keep it fucking going yeah if mjf's gonna be out for a while and cole's gonna be out for a while and omega's out for a while guess what you got swerve you got hangman you mm-hmm. got joe you got Takesha. Like, yeah. if those four guys are our top of the card for the next few months, let's we'll go. Be fine. We'll be eating good. Like, totally yeah. cool with that. Um, that went to commercial after the match when they came back. Don Cal's family's with Renee, and they said uh, next week at Daly's place, it's going to be Takesha and Powerhouse Hobbs against Darby Allen and Sting. Sting, bud, just take it easy in that one. Yeah. Like Darby's going to be murdered by Hobbs and Takeshita in this match. I'm pretty confident. Maybe that's just the the squash. Maybe it is just a squash. Well, well, they, then, well then no, because they have to win because Sting, Sting's record has to stay clean. They announced on Collision last night that's going to be a tornado tag. Okay. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see where that ends up landing. Uh, we have a four-way for an inter, not internal, continental uh, crown match. Uh, it was uh, Trent Beretta, Brian Cage, Vikingo, and Brian Keith. Mm-hmm. This match was really fucking good. Yeah. Um, if it didn't, you know, follow Darby and Takeshita, I would probably thought it was even better. True. Um, but this was great. More of this. Like the best things on the show have been really good wrestlers. Wrestling really good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Let's, let's go for it. And that funny. And Trent got a match against uh, Eddie Kingston for the Continental Crown on Saturday. And Eddie uh, on commentary too was great. Yeah, Eddie on com- God, Eddie on commentary is so fun. He yeah. like you can tell he loves like pro wrestling is his favorite thing in the world. Yeah, yeah, and he's just fucking real. Like that is him. Like yeah. there's no yeah, there's no character at all. <laughs> so then Renee Paquette was backstage with Matt Menard, and Menard's talking about how he's going to be on commentary for the main event. And Hangman Page shows up at nine fifteen at night. Love it, Hangman, my dude. I'm sure call times at like three o'clock in the afternoon. Go to the GM's office and get a demerit. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're late. Also, you're late for school. Couldn't you show up for world's end, please? please. <laughs> Retroactively go back there. Yeah. Main event, Swerve Strickland, Dana Garcia. This was a match that basically said, this is where 2024 is going. And yeah. I'm cool with it. Garcia is getting really over as, you know, the guy who you want to see, get the big win. Swerve is unfuck with a bull right now. This mm. match was fantastic. Uh, in, in fact, one of my favorite spots 
weirdly enough was when Garcia went to do the uh, sharpshooter on the commentary table and Irv <laughs> ate shit. Cause yeah. it felt real. It yes. felt, it felt genuine. Like this thing of like, I'm going to fuck him up. What am I going to do? And then just, okay, that was the wrong idea. Like yeah, I, yeah, I, I yeah. thought that was that. I know that wasn't what they meant to do. And the crowd gave him shit for it, but I, I thought it looked fucking great on TV. Yeah. Not a lot of real estate up there for yeah. a sharpshooter. So they go back and forth. Garcia gets a bunch of, uh, you know, hope spots and, and that sort of thing. But house call and JML driver take out Garcia swerve wins as he should. Yes. Post-match swerve goes to shake Garcia's hand. Prince Nana hits a low blow on Garcia. Menard gets all pissed off. He goes to fight for uh, Garcia, but Dang Prince Nana took him out. And then Adam Page with a fucking mustache of mustaches on his face. Yeah. Now he gets all up in swerve shit. And it looks like we are heading towards swerve hangman three. It's, so, it's a Batman Joker thing. You and yeah. I are destined to do this together and I will watch it every time. Yeah, totally into it. I, I, uh, I will watch it a thousand times and, uh, very excited to see that continue. Rampage was a nothing show. So let's just go ahead and jump into. Oh, wrong button. <laughs> there we go. There it is. Collision. collision. Uh, so collision last night. Neither one of us had a chance to watch it. And I'm very sorry to say that Ric Flair was the first person out. God damn it. He was going to be ringside for the opening match. It was Darby Allen and Sting defeating the workhorsemen of Anthony Henry and J.D. Drake. Okay. Um, this was just really to uh, showcase Darby and Sting ahead of Wednesday's tag match. Eddie Kingston, Trent Beretta, Kingston retaining the Continental Crown. All indications are the match was very, very good. Okay. Uh, we had a pre-tape with Hook. And this was not the first pre-tape they've done with Hook. Uh, yeah, most yeah, of them are. A few weeks ago with... Uh, the build to the Yuta match and every single time, I don't know if you've ever watched any of these, Chris, but for a few years during the BET awards, uh, Eminem would do these cipher videos. Do you know what a cipher is? Chris Basically, a cipher is in like, uh, like in hip hop. Uh, okay. Enlighten me. So it's, it's where a guy with no beat just freestyles and oh. it usually has something to say. Isn't that just a freestyle? But there's usually like some, <laughs> there's usually some sort of message behind it. Like for a few years there, especially during COVID, Eminem would do one for the BET awards. And for whatever reason, if you were to watch one of those and watch the way they've been doing these, you know, hook hanging out in skeevy New York promos, you would think uh-huh. like it's cut from the same cloth, which okay. is the right move. Like that's, we've talked about it before many times on the show wrestling should feel now it should feel new it should feel of its era i'm about to be 40 fucking years old they don't need to cater to me (laughs) doing something like this this presentation for hook perfect it's not my world it's not my thing but fucking cool well hook said you know what i've won a lot of matches time for me to go after more gold and he said you know he's got his eye on someone who uh he's been watching for a very long time and you'd think Christian Cage, TNT title? Yeah. Samoa Joe, I'm coming for that world title. Holy fuck. 
Hey, man. I mean, hey, thanks for coming. You're going to die, but I appreciate the balls and going for the going, calling out Samoa Joe. It's time, though. Like, the, sure. the dude is super popular. He's had one loss. Yeah. Uh, it just and it was a jungle boy. Yeah. Jungle boy who no longer exists in theory. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I love this idea. This, this, this is the AEW I love when they have, they put together a storyline in a match and it's something I never thought of, but right. there you go. Holy shit. I want to see that. Yeah. I want to see this match. So yeah, with the roster they have, this is what they should be doing. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, the undisputed kingdom of Mike Bennett and Matt Taven defeated commander and Brian Keith. Um, interesting team, uh, bullet club gold backstage with Renee Paquette, the acclaimed interrupted and, uh, Anthony Bowen says in his promo that the only way to get anything done in AEW was through factions. <laughs> so, okay. So, yeah. So I guess the acclaimed are joining the bullet club or Jay White's going to be scissoring someone soon. Hmm. Switchblade scissors. That's a, I'm not yeah. sure that works. Adam Copeland came to the ring. He was in his gear. He's talked about losing the title. He said he was entitled to an automatic rematch as a former TNT champion. Is that a thing here? I had never heard of that being a thing. I know it's a WWE thing. It certainly is. But he said, you know what? Uh, Christian gets handed everything. I'm going to work my way back up to a TNT title shot. Okay. He's doing an open challenge gimmick, and his open challenge was against Griff Garrison, a man best known for the phrase, who the fuck is Griff Garrison? Which wasn't even said by Griff Garrison. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, You would be unsurprised to hear that Adam Copeland won. Oh, they're not giving the, they're not striking, strapping the rocket to uh, Griff Garrison here. No, they are not. Um, Sting Darby Allen and Ric Flair did a promo putting over the match for Dynamite against Takeshita and Powerhouse Hobbs. Sky Blue defeated Kira Hogan as Sky Blue is just the workhorse of the women's division right now, I guess. Who knew? Um, Claudio Casagnoli defeated Andrew Everett. Um, Ricky Starks and Big Bill did a promo uh, that ultimately uh, led to them saying, all right, next Saturday at Battle of the Belts, Street Fight, we're defending the belts against Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Wish them the mm-hmm. best of luck in that. And then the main event was FTR against House of Black. House of Black. Um, FTR ended up winning, but Brody King uh, jumped uh, House of Black uh Daniel Garcia tried making a save, but he got beat down also. And uh, what I thought was kind of an interesting twist to the normal, like beat down with weapons and everything. As the show went off the air and House of Black is standing tall, Julia Hart is doing a 10 bell salute to FTR <laughs> and Garcia. It's totally cheeseball, but like, okay. you know what? It's different. They're trying something. They're trying hmm. Okay. I mean, that's, that was kind of a, a hallowed sort of thing, but all right, sure. Wednesday night is, of course, Dynamite. They're going to be at Daly's Place and a uh, hell of a show planned so far. The aforementioned Texas Tornado Tag, Sting and Darby Allen against Takeshita and Paros Hobbs, Ricky Starks versus Sammy Guevara. I know what we say about Jericho, but, you know, I think that match could be very good. And, Claudio Castagnoli against Hangman Adam Page. 
Oh, very into that. Uh, also announced, and I just love this because of the phrasing. Samoa Joe will be at Daly's place. <laughs> okay, let's go. Yeah, what's their the yeah the big homecoming show? So yeah, okay, it, sure. Uh, I I really hope they have some surprises in store. You mentioned the aforementioned uh, Mercedes Monet. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There's rumors she is eminently signing. Debuting her at Daly's place would be a little weird, but I could see them doing it. Um, I also feel like she shouldn't be a surprise. I don't know. Like she was on TV already. So uh, that's fair. But, you know, isn't that something? Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm I guess of two minds. One, you want the shock value of it. And two, you want to promote the Papa rating. But you could always promote after she debuts for her first match, I guess. Yeah. But uh, something I'm sure you'll be happy to hear. Penta did one of those online signing gimmicks. Yeah. Mentioned that pack is due back any day now. Oh, fucking Christ. Let's go. Hey, you know what? If you want to add him to that mix, I talked about swerve hangman, Joe to fucking line up Pac right in there, man. Like yeah, or Penta. Either one's fine. And then Penta Let, let's do all that. And holy shit, Chris, we're an hour and 43 minutes in. So I'm going to end this show. Folks, yes, please put me out of my misery. So much going on. Brand new year. Same old dumbasses here. We'll catch you next time. Bye. (laughs) The Roughhouse Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughhouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Roughhouse Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Roughhouse Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Roughhouse Redos, and Roughhouse Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough, House, Rough House, House uh podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph.